0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the WrestleManiacs podcast, a podcast where a group of improvisers from Detroit with a mutual love of wrestling come together to discuss each Wrestlemania one at a time. Welcome back ladies and gentlemen, welcome back all you wrestling fans, all you wrestling maniacs, all you nostalgia-holics, or members of the IWSC, or the ones who just like watching what's on TV. Welcome to WrestleManiacs Podcast Episode 2. My name is Alex Ketchum and I am here with the man with the plan, Mr. Bob Wick. Bob, how you doing? We're gonna get down today, baby! SD Jones, right off yeah. the bat. Yeah, that Hit. is my dude. Hitting our prime demographic, all the SD Jones fans out there, especially delivery people. Mm-hmm. Special delivery-ites, I guess you would say. <laughs> 70 episodes of prime wrestling, prime time wrestling, man. He was all over the place. Enhancing everyone. Old special delivery was not on the WrestleMania 2 card, however, which is a good question as to why. Another good question is, why was WrestleMania 2 on a Monday? Uh,
1: well, if I'm just guessing here. This is pure speculation. But to make uh, WrestleMania bigger than WrestleMania 1, I'm sorry, WrestleMania 2 bigger than WrestleMania 1, Vince had this plan of having this one event, but at several different locations. So, okay, we started off in New York, we go to Chicago, and we end up in L.A. And each one's set up, like, the card's pretty much set up for, you have your opening act, you have your mid card, and then you have a main event per card. I don't always agree with the running order of these, but it makes to a pretty interesting concept i guess
0: yeah i agree with you and i guess he was trying to save money because the the venues booking booking on a saturday is probably or sunday is probably a lot more um i never booked an entire arena um i have booked a bar once and it was more expensive on a saturday so you know if a bar is equal to nassau coliseum Mm -hmm. potato potato and we have our answer
1: and that's why you're a monday drinker i get it oh yeah (laughs) Monday, Sunday, whatever day. So let's just talk about it's. it's so it's 1986, still the Reagan era. Uh, we're still during well the Reagan era for the U.S. The Hogan era for us WWE fans, or WWF at the time. Um, pretty tragic year. Uh, we have we have the Challenger accident. We have Chernobyl. Um, Oprah Winfrey show debuts. So like the three most tragic events to to happen. And then one of the most amazing with Oprah show. You're an Oprah fan? No, but lots of women are. Hello,
0: ladies out there, all (laughs) one of you. Uh.
1: (laughs) Did I get you there? Yeah, it's good, though. It's good. Sorry about that. Uh, Mike Tyson becomes the the youngest heavyweight ever, and we get the best video game ever, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. That is the best Nintendo version one game ever.
0: Still haven't beat it. Neither did I. I
1: never got... I don't
0: think we got to Tyson.
1: Oh, for real? Okay. Uh, for uh, for movies, we got Top Gun, Aliens, and Platoon—all greats. Um, Talk to me, Goose. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe they're making a sequel. <laughs> That's so wild. Uh, and for TV, we got Magna Pi, Hill Street Blues, and my dad's personal favorite, Highway to Heaven. Wait, what? My dad's a huge Michael Landon fan, so we used to get stuck watching Highway to Heaven. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it just
0: like I just saw like, a window into your childhood, and it wasn't happy. No,
1: <laughs> but there were some wrestling, so it wasn't all bad.
0: <laughs> as long as like the yeah, Highway to Heaven was on before and after wrestling, so that's how wrestling got involved in the mix. Is that what happened? Yeah, there was a break. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. So... In the wrestling world, you know, after the success of WrestleMania 1, uh, there was another event later on that year, and then we go into WrestleMania 2. Vince McMahon is really kind of testing his boundaries, much like a two-year-old child does. How far can I go without getting in trouble? Or what can I actually do? What can't I do? So they're going to do, like you said, three locations across the United States. Uh, The buys, I think, were pretty good. The attendance was 50,000 or so, 40,000 or so, all combined, which I think is because instead of having one super card you had right three I mean not
1: bad but not that, I not, mean yeah um, not super I, and I think there was not that big of an appeal for people to watch I don't know an hour and a half of wrestling and then two and a half hours of you know closed circuit television yeah yeah if you're gonna pay that much you know I mean I,
0: and especially the New York crowd if it wasn't for macho man they kind of got ripped off. But we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we start off and the graphics, like we said, you know, the, watching the technology come up, this thing caught me off guard because it was like a big leap between one and two as far as the quality. Yeah. Um, still compared to today, it's terrible. But back then it was amazing. And it had like the, it had music and background and like all these graphics flying up faster and they weren't like still frame photos of people, um... And it kind of gave me like a night, like a night show, late night show feel, you know. Like the, the
1: whole vibe, yeah. And I, I've, I've I've heard about this that Vince always wanted to have his own talk show, like that was sort of like the whole vibe of uh, what was that show? Tuesday Night Titans. Tuesday Night Titans, where he would do sketch comedy with the the wrestlers and the Bobby Heenan show. Oh yeah, forget about that. Yeah, short lived, but amazing. That's great, because he he could have had his own talk
0: show. Oh, yeah. Bobby Heenan. I mean, just what can't he do? I don't know. <laughs> no one does. Um, maybe he can't rise from the dead because he's gone, and I'm very sad about that.
1: God rest you, Bobby Heenan. But he has some amazing moments at the end of this card, and we'll talk about him. He steals the show, as he always does. Yeah. So
0: we open up, and this is what the—it like, opens up with that big line that you always see now. Welcome to WrestleMania. WrestleMania. I always thought that was WrestleMania One.
1: Me too. Me too. But I mean, he wasn't hosting WrestleMania One, so we got it. We got to use Vince's voice. It's uh, weird how your mind plays tricks on you like that. And you just kind of misremember everything, right? Well, you think you've been hearing it for thirty-six years when you've only been hearing it for thirty-five, Alex. I know <laughs> mm. math. <laughs> Sorry. So let's get started.
0: Yep. Uh, Okay, show opener. This time, Mean Gene is not called out to do an a cappella version of uh, America the Beautiful. It's mm-hmm. Ray Charles tearing the house down with accompaniment of background music, uh, choir, and graphics showing popular sites across this country and
1: Hulk Hogan himself. Yes, it, it, we start off with like uh, a bubbling brook, and somehow we end up with Hulk Hogan. Th- Flexing in multiple pictures with the American, flag, with the and American the flag,
0: because Hulk Hogan is American. Nothing God. more American than that. I would agree with that. Hulk Hogan is Americana. At that time, yes. I, uh, I, I, I would say today. Okay. I mean, just like the, the character Hulk Hogan, you know. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I can brother. be brother. Red, white, and blue, brother. <laughs> um. First match:
1: Paul Orndorff, who's now a good guy. Oh, I don't I don't mean to stop you, but oh, we I'm almost sorry. forgot about a very important key player to oh, this whole Oh, my God, event. I did. I'm sorry. Uh, and a a comedarian sh- extraordinaire, uh, in Vince's words, America's top actress, number one actress, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Susan St. James. I did not know who Susan St. James was till you Googled it. <laughs>
0: Neither. Dick ever saw his wife, though.
1: Yes, and... Probably the reason why she's on the show in the first place, because we if we learned anything from that, we were the XS, XFL. Those two were
0: tight, so... Yeah, because of Saturday Night's Main Event, uh, Dick Ebersole was with NBC. He kind of ran the Saturday Night stuff with SNL, and in the offseason, they do the Saturday Night's Main Event. So they had a very close relationship, so why not get his wife uh, some publicity, yeah. I guess? So, get, it get, was her relationship with
1: Dick that got her there. Get Cagney or Lacey or whoever she was. <laughs> <laughs> get her on there, because that's wrestling. <laughs> and, it, yeah, she did a
0: terrible job at the beginning. Uh, there was a few times when you know Vince coached her real well, and then she did okay. But at the same time, it was she was pretty. I, yeah, yeah. I didn't hate her voice. I just hate what she said
1: sometimes. And sometimes I just laugh my ass off at it. Well, there was a lot of her going, Oh boy. Is it always that fast? Oh I've never seen anything like this before. But she <laughs> does have some gold cool moments that made me laugh. Very t shirt worthy. So yeah, I appreciate have, her.
0: She stole the show a couple. Also
1: times. not the worst commentary on this,
0: but I was really interested to see how it was gonna go because Vince McMahon never really if you I mean I loved his commentary growing up, you know, but right. when looking back at it, he never really Commentated on the match as far as like play by play or anything. Oh,
1: like moves and stuff like that. What a maneuver! And yeah. from there, oh my,
0: devastating.
1: Yeah, yeah he uh, he he was more about pitching the story or like motivation, and then yeah, like you'd hit the high notes like, oh, he's that that was a fast one. I don't. I could think of an example. A dastardly maneuver. <laughs> ah. That was ah. A, oh, <laughs> oh my. wow ah. That was a fast one. <laughs>
0: That was, a <laughs> that was a fast. I don't know if that's in his repertoire. Yeah. I... <laughs> uh, he tried to pull a couple of fast ones on uh, oh, Susan cool. later on in the evening, but yeah, we'll get to there too. Um, now, once our first uh, match? First match: Paul Orndorff, now the good guy, Paul Orndorff, is taking on Don Morocco with the dastardly, devious Mister Fuji in his corner and I miss Mr. Fuji. He was great.
1: Mr. Fuji had a great look. He had a great look. I hear he was one of the best pranksters whoever whoever walked the hallways of the WWE. Um, yeah, going as far as
0: to take the motors out of people's cars and like put them <laughs> somewhere else. Like how much time and effort would that would take? And money probably, unless he just knew a mechanic who would just follow him around or he was a mechanic in his spare time. Even then, Jesus.
1: Right? Um, but this match, a little rough, a little rough. It was a, a lot of a test of strength, and I don't know, just I. I
0: it was two body guys, two jacked yeah. up dudes. Um, and Paul Orndorff is well; he's still a good guy. He's a good guy now, but he's the crowd is still. I think a lot of the people just tuned back into WrestleMania, so they didn't maybe know the whole story. Um,
1: uh, but we do get our first famous <laughs> Susan Saint James, the SSJ quote. Oh, God. In the middle of the match, um, Morocco is giving Orndorff... A wrist lock. A wrist lock. And she says, look like he's using some ancient Chinese techniques. Yep, because
0: Mr. Fuji is his manager. And he's from Japan. But, you know, people in my hometown like to pronounce it as China as well. Hey, Cater Alley
1: is doing her best. We don't... (laughs) (laughs) God bless her. Uh, But it it, it always like the way she she delivered a line remind me of that old like palm olive commercial like it's an ancient Chinese secret so that might have been what she was going for maybe she's the voice maybe that's what made her famous she's that lady from
0: (laughs) (laughs) she's the ancient Chinese
1: secret lady (laughs) that's her go to (laughs) oh Uh, so the match ends with a, a double count out we're probably not the best way to start this whole thing. The ring looked good though. The ropes are tighter. The Ropes are tight. We can see the audience. There's not a thousand different people standing around the ring taking notes or doing whatever they were doing. (laughs) Just walking around. (laughs) Uh, Yeah,
0: double count out. So we kind of go from there into a big moment in wrestling history. Freak out! Freak out! The Macho Man Randy Savage is debuting at WrestleMania. Is the Continental Champion of the World. Yeah! Classic. Greatest of all time. Yeah! Uh, and they, that was the freak out, freak out interview that you hear a lot of like, uh, the clips of. Yeah, um, yeah. And they actually played the interview as he's walking to the ring. It was awesome. So they have the technology now where they have like, the small screen and it'll pop up in the bottom and they'll have like an interview going on, which was another big
1: advancement in comparison to like the quality. Well, uh, just really quick. I think we talked a little bit about this last episode, so I don't really want to get into it, but... Like, I think that's kind of Vince's thing, like finding the best technology as far as production and trying to integrate that into his product, which it's awesome. Like, that's really cool because you can see the progression in like a year. Yeah. It's going to be kind of like going through like the timeline
0: of like production history watching these things. (laughs) It's going to be pretty neat. Um, And he's going against George the Animal Steel, who is a native Michigander. Yeah. He's a Detroit hero. Now, did you have him as a teacher? I wish. I wish.
1: Because he would teach like, he would still teach and wrestle for a while there, didn't he? Uh, From from my understanding, yeah. And and he had a degree in like, I think, English, which is awesome because his character didn't speak English. Yeah, very monoslavic.
0: And are like, oh. His character went through electroshock therapy to learn English. Oh,
1: God, I forget about that. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. And the green, Uh, I
0: just remember the green tongue. The electroshock therapy, of course. Now, I guess because I've been thinking the, about it, but
1: chewing up the turn,
0: chewing up the turnbuckles, yes.
1: Uh, but in this match, we have re- this really great story the Beauty and Beast story, a classic story. Uh, probably the main story we think about when we think about Georgie Animal Steel. Uh, and he and he would played it well, like he he would be he was dominant most of the match, but every once in a while he would look at Miss Elizabeth, who we all had a crush on, mm-hmm. you know, so I can't be mad at him for that, and he'd get distracted. And that's usually when Randy would get the upper hand. Yeah, and Randy was just doing the classic old-school
0: heel macho man, pushing Liz in front of him and like putting putting, putting Liz in danger instead of
1: himself. Playing uh, up the complete coward. Get my robe and get out guy. of this ring,
0: yeah. Liz. Elizabeth,
1: <laughs> carry my
0: stuff. Yeah, she's a valet. Yeah. Um, I loved watching it. Like George did all all his stuff. He ate the turnbuckle, threw it yep. in Randy's face, grabbed some flowers from somewhere that I don't know where they came from, but somebody had flowers ringside. He took them, beat Macho Man up with them. Uh, he kicked out of the elbow.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that was big. I Dude. just couldn't believe. I don't because this is a time you you never kick out someone's uh, finishing move. That's. It surprised
0: Vince, too. He's like, oh, and that's a three count. Oh, my God. He kicked out. I don't think I've seen that before. Didn't
1: confuse Susan St. James anymore. You go, George. Oh, my.
0: This is my match, Vince. This is my match. Oh, well, that's a fast
1: one. That's, that's- <laughs> <laughs> Don't pull a fast one, sir. <laughs> uh, Macho Man gets to win by... You know, using the lo- ropes for leverage. So for a second year in the row, the Intercontinental
0: Champion has mm-hmm. put his feet on the middle ropes. And as we learned last episode, the
1: physics of the ring would ensure his victory. Yes, no matter how strong George Amo was, he wouldn't be able to... The leverage. Yeah, the leverage is too much. It's an unfair advantage. That's why it's illegal. Yeah. Damn it. But you notice uh, we did we did get a, a belt match early on this this event. So that's kind of cool. Speaking of the belt, classic look. Classic look. The look that, the only belt
0: that hasn't changed to this yeah. day from this time. It wasn't like a Walter Waite boxing belt. Yeah. It was a big gold intercontinental title belt that I got to touch one time when Bret Hart had it in the 90s. Um, Sorry. So <laughs> I, when brag I almost, much? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to brag about it. Yeah. <laughs> Highlight of too. my childhood, by God. Uh, and then right after this, we have another major debut. Well, how do we get to it? Vince goes back to Susan, Oh, and he says, Susan, <laughs> I got a question for you. What is it? Do you like snakes? Oh, um, mm, ah, ha, ooh, ooh. Well, you're ah. going to see a snake in this next match. Well, I got to think about that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that was just pretty like, close. i <laughs> yeah, It was just out of nowhere. It was because yeah. like, they, they. Hey, they, Susan, you like snakes? <laughs> there were some cutaways, and they come back to Vince, and then
1: Susan, do you like snakes? <laughs> what? Uh, oh my! Yeah, yeah, and they're they're having a back and forth there because in, in, in the next match we have Jake the Snake Robert versus George Wells. Uh, for those of you who don't know, George Wells, he was uh, according to Wikipedia, he was the first uh, African. Oh, the only African American. Uh, to win the NWA Heavyweight Championship belt in San Francisco. So, he's old school. In I, San Francisco. In San Francisco. A, but an amazing worker. Like, that, this was a great match. Yeah, it really surprised me.
0: I, I thought Jake was going to come out there because it's his debut, and he was still, like Ricky Steamboat the year before, he was very new
1: still. Yeah. Um, he
0: looked great. Yeah, this is a very sleek-looking Jake the Snake. And Jake the Snake is just iconic for childhood wrestling, right? He oh, is yeah. like one of those characters that always sticks out in your mind. The promos, like the like the snake in the bag, of course the DDT, which was and still is one of the greatest maneuvers of all time.
1: Oh yeah, so clean. And again, as a kid, I always liked the wrestlers where the stakes were real. Can't fake a snake. You lose, you get snake on you. But that does bring us back to his moment where Susan Saint James was trying to play along, and she's like. Well, you know, if he loses, if he if he loses, we might not see the snake. And then Vince is like, "No, we'll definitely see the snake." Yeah, <laughs> I got I got a gut. Trust me on this one, Susan. I, I got a gut feeling we're gonna see a snake no matter what.
0: I think you're definitely gonna see a snake tonight.
1: The Susan. panic in his eyes was precious because I could just see uh, Vince like, "Oh, they're gonna turn it off, and unless I promise them a snake, I'm gonna mm, yeah. <laughs> got to stick to the cave. People gonna, are here for the snakes. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a fast one. All right. <laughs> That's three, and I'm done here, folks.
0: Uh. Three fast ones and three fast around. ones. Uh, George, I mean, got a lot in, and i I think Vince was not expecting that, like because George kind of beat up Jake a lot, and Jake just kind of ran and yeah. slithered in and out of the ring. Uh, and then, but then he got the DDT, and that's it. game over. Cuz what does DDT stand for, according to Jake the Snake Roberts? Why?
1: The end. Ooh. And it was. And then we see the snake, just like Vince promised.
0: Oh my God! Is it? Is he gonna put it is on he, him? Is he? Does it? He's put it on him. I'm like, this is ah. <laughs> it took <my."> so long. <laughs> it did. It took so fucking. Long. He literally made like a. If you oh. can imagine like having a snake as a tortilla and then making a human burrito, human snake burrito, and he just rolled George up over the snake and along the snake so the snake would wrap around him. So, like, the first natural human response when you are being suffocated by a snake is to
1: foam at the mouth. Of course. Because that's what like you do. Like a madman in a old Warner Brothers cartoon.
0: <laughs> or a mammoth
1: Alka-Seltzer in his mouth. A lot of
0: Alka-Seltzer. And George was foamy. George was being choked out by a snake and foaming all over the place. Vince was, oh my God, what's happening? And Susan <laughs> did not like the snake. No, she did not.
1: Is that legal?
0: Yeah. No, Susan. No, it's not. That's why he's a villain. <laughs> Speaking of villains... The iconic villain from the first WrestleMania's main event is now main eventing part one of three of WrestleMania 2. And that would be Roddy Rowdy Piper himself. Now, before we get to the match, there was a few promos
1: by Piper and his opponent, Mr. T. Yeah, we go back to Piper a lot during this whole event. Like, they're really pushing this Mr. T first Roddy Piper narrative hard.
0: Yeah, it's been going on for a year now, or over a year, if you count the time before WrestleMania 1. So, I mean, it is a major storyline, and of course, Mr. T's still a big-time celebrity. However, he has been in Hollywood for a year, so he's probably not in as good a shape as he was for WrestleMania 1.
1: Which, you know what, I don't know why we're doing a boxing match during a WrestleMania. That's true. Uh, And traditionally, even when they did real boxing during these things, it didn't work. And they don't know that yet, you know, hindsight being what it is. But it's hard to pull off a fake fight. You know, there's that whole thing. Uh, Adam Carolla talks about, like, if you watch Rocky 1 and you turn off the sound, you can see how they're not hitting each other because the sound sells and everything. And they did a decent job. But, hey, Mr. T kind of did a decent job of wrestling for a guy who didn't really wrestle in, in the f- first time I saw him wrestle in WrestleMania 1.
0: Yeah, I thought he did good in the WrestleMania 1. I just uh, said
1: wrestling a lot of times. I'm sorry, folks. Uh, but he, he would have had a year to train and become better.
0: <laughs> yeah, but he was making movies and stuff and doing the A-team and then doing an occasional promo with Roddy Piper, and then Piper would beat up somebody else that Mr. T knew Uh so they came to the match. Uh, the promo g- going into it was yeah. pretty interesting. Well, out of context, it is racist as can Well, be. the first time we both saw it, uh, we had forgotten the context. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah,
1: We had some jaw-dropping moments. Like, whoa, whoa. Uh, but the context is, during the the lead into this, uh, Piper was making fun of Mr. T. Mr. T was making fun of Piper's gimmick and... Uh, you know, and Piper's gimmick is also part of his heritage. So you know, apparently Mr. T comes into the ring wearing a kilt and making fun of it. So Piper uh, brought a little person onto Piper's pit, uh, the Haiti kid, and shaved his head to look like Mr. T. And then there's this you know, this whole thing about him not wanting people to get, Himself, I'm trying I'm, to explain I'll, this. I'll go ahead and yeah, say, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. you are never gonna confuse me, buddy, because I'm never gonna paint myself black.
1: Yep, there it is.
0: And said, well, that's only half true for one thing. Yep. And we'll get to that part, but not this episode. But yeah, <laughs> so Bob and I just jaw drop. What did he just say? He's gonna paint himself black, or he wouldn't paint himself black. Either way, you shouldn't paint yourself just, black. Yeah, they're just
1: really ridiculous. I'm gonna cut my hair so you can tell the difference between the two of us and Yeah. There's a couple c- of th- things I am not touching. <laughs> yeah. Let's just uh mm, let's go to the match. Gone. Let's get yep. to the match.
0: Great intros. Piper comes out in the full gimmick. He's got Lou Duva with him. Lou Duva, yes. the famous manager of uh Sugar Ray Leonard. Uh, uh Holyfield. And Thomas the Hitman Hearns from right. Detroit,
1: Michigan. Just for all you Detroit boxing fans. And then Mr. T has a special guest with him. He has... uh, Smoking Joe Frazier. Frazier. And we have the...
0: Who who was the referee? uh, Lou
1: Ferrigno? Lou Ferrigno. That's the the Incredible Hulk. Oh, Uh, yeah, sorry. No, uh, at every one of these main event matches for the three different venues, we have celebrities. So introducing the ring announcer was Joan Rivers um, with a special referee... um, Chocolate Thunder? No, he was a judge. Judge. That's what I meant. I'm sorry. Judge. Chocolate Thunder. Uh, Cal Callaway. Yep, Cab Callaway, The Cab howdy, howdy howdy, Ho. howdy. Yeah, yeah. howdy, 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 howdy. Yeah. Howdy, <laughs> howdy. Uh, he sung that song, and he knows. And it. he looked good in that suit. He was having he... a great time. He was my favorite judge. Um, yeah, me, mine as well. And then we had Herb, who no one knows who Herb is. <laughs> But I went back and watched again. He actually
0: got a pretty good ovation. Yeah. I... For looking like a dipshit, <laughs> climbing over the top rope like under the Giant or something, and then twinkle toes and We had to Google who he was.
1: Uh, Bob, do you want to take this? Uh, Was it Burger King? Yeah, it was Burger Br- King. Burger King was doing a promotion called uh, Fine Herb. And apparently, if you saw some guy that they never showed you at, a, at one of their locations... You can win the whole restaurant-free uh, Whoppers, and I guess if you found him enough time or something, there was like a million dollars you could win or something. Or Yeah,
0: he was going to one Burger King in every state, and if you found him, you got your name in the one-million-dollar drawing, and everybody there got free Burger King or something for a year.
1: Yeah, and then halfway through the contest, they finally show him, and, they had, and he had all these spots where he was doing this weird dance, and he did it in the ring, and people liked it. I did not. God. I do not like herb, and that, and, that, and that promotion
0: thing was very confusing. It took us a couple of times of reading it, and I don't like him and I don't like Burger King because of it, but their chicken fries are amazing. Those are good chicken fries. And then we had one more uh, was that everybody? or do we have Oh no, no, we, uh, we had
1: that guy who was uh, oh, the uh, Watergate dude, the Watergate dude. G. Gordon Liddy. Thank you. yes. I couldn't, I couldn't find it in my notes.
0: What a I mean a basketball player, a soul singer, and
1: a guy from Watergate, and Herb, and then yeah Burger King. Everything you need to have a legit Vegas style boxing match mm-hmm. between two celebrities. This will be an honest
0: judge judging. I don't know. What, it was just insane. <laughs> I'm I'm impressed with the number of celebrities they had for this, but at the same time, like what? So once the Burger King gets out the ring, we have the match. Mr. T versus Roddy Piper in a boxing match. The body shots were live, I thought. They they made that look good. There was, of course, a lot of chicanery from Piper's side, being the villain. Throwing water, not breaking. I loved the trash talk during the uh, instructions by the referee. Look at me when I'm talking to you. Look at me, son.
1: It was great. Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, Piper throws a chair. And then by round four, he just gets... Annoyed, his character gets annoyed and body slams Mr. T. Yep. And then he loses by disqualification. Both guys were pretty gassed. Piper was in better shape. Some, probably the best we have ever seen him in. It I, was okay. Yeah, not my favorite match. I can see how this setup would bring in an audience. Like, that would be a good draw. But again, I'd I'd rather just have seen a wrestling match.
0: Me too. I was so happy, though, about one thing. And I just got to bring this up. Okay the good cowboy bob orton his arm was healed after all them years mm-hmm. he finally got that cast off he drank enough milk ate them calcium tablets like <laughs> his doctor had been telling him and he did not have a broken wrist he might have broken it throwing that chair earlier, during the match but he didn't have
1: that cast on sorry it's a wrestlemania miracle <laughs> it, it's a wrestlemania
0: miracle <laughs> And from New York, we go to Chicago at the Rosemont Horizon, one of the most famous places for wrestling matches. Stone Cold Steve Austin said it was his favorite place to wrestle. Really? Yeah, they, the acoustics in there. They kind of trap all like, the audience sound. They said it was really fun. Oh, that's cool. And Chicago's a great wrestling town. Uh, and they have amazing pizza that I love, the deep dish. No hate on Detroit pizza here. I can't get, I can't get kicked out of here. I, gotta, I got a job <laughs> I got to keep. You were so close. I You're so. Happy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ah. I like all pizza. I don't discriminate. Respect the city you're in. Our host for Chicago are Mean Gene Oakland, the legendary Gorilla Monsoon, and
1: Kathy Lee Crosby, who was uh, a a former uh, professional tennis player turned actress, uh, most notably known for playing the TV movie version of Wonder Woman before it became a TV show. So... That's cool. I guess she's America's second best actress. Well, she made time. Susan St. James look like a wrestling
0: maniac. A wrestle maniac, if you will. let um,
1: I see what you did there. I see. oh, you seen it You <laughs> kinda tied it in there. Wow. If she was getting paid by the word, she went home owing Vince Money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and poor mean Jinky.
1: What do you think about that? What do you think about that, Kathy Lee? What do you think um, about that, Kathy Lee? Um, um, it's fast. I
0: was Wonder Woman. It's violent. Mm. Mm. That's a fast one. Wow. <laughs> Our first match is another title match, second of the night, women's title. Not nearly in the spotlight that it was a year ago. Our current champion, the fabulous Moolah, is taking on Velvet McIntyre, who may or may not be the mother of Drew McIntyre. I like to believe she is. She was billed from Ireland. However, we also saw Leilani Kai get billed from Hawaii. <laughs> right. Unless there's a Honolulu, Georgia. She ain't from Hawaii. (laughs) She did have the Irish tan, though. That being white-ass skin. Um, She was wearing a one-piece bathing suit, took on Moolah, and
1: Moolah gave her a country-ass whooping. Wow. How how old do you think Mula is at this time? 50-something? Yeah. You know, being... Yeah. I guess it's weird when you watch these things. Everybody looks old, but I realize that some of these people are younger than I am now during this taping. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, Mula.
0: I, I really want to say she was probably close to 50, if not over,
1: uh, but, but man, man she, was she was all over the place. Worked. She worked. She was fast, and she, she beat the hell out of this woman. I was a believer, because she
0: sold the, uh, everything. She just grabbed her by the hair and threw her around, and just I think she just really just beat her up, and then... Uh, Velvet got one move in, or attempted one move. She climbed the top rope and jumped off, missed, and damn near came out her one-piece bathing suit. Moolah just rolled over and pinned her, and then kicked her in the stomach on the way out, because that's what Moolah does, and if she was your grandmother, she would beat the reality. <laughs> you would never talk back to her. Oh, God bless you if you tried. She'd be up in your room whooping your ass before you knew what happened. So uh, the next match... is a flag match during which the winner can wave his flag proudly in the ring
1: yes but yes. also they get to wave them on the way to the ring cuz if you know anything about like having you know national pride you want to wave your flag everywhere and if you see another flag waving it'll set you off
0: you can't have that flag on your flag space. you
1: can't have another flag waving
0: anywhere near your flag no, that's, that's, you can't share flag space. There ain't no space for sharing the flags.
1: But we not the Olympics. This is wrestling. Nikolai Volkoff versus uh, my man who is like a fake G.I. Joe guy. What is his name? Corporal um, Krichner. Yeah, I always mispronounce that.
0: He was basically the poor man Sergeant Slaughter. Poor, poor man. He went on to do some good things in Japan, I think, as a character called Leatherface based on Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, see, I would have liked to seen that character. I kind of want to look it up. You should look it up, too. Check it out on YouTube, I'm sure. I'll find a link. We'll put it on the, we'll put it on the Facebook page. Okay. WrestleMania yeah, X-Pod. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Uh, he was a... It was kind of his classic thing. Volkov comes out there with blasting and You learned the words? That was really good. That was my Russian, yeah. I learned <laughs> Russian. I had a tape I would play at night while I sleep. Only of him singing. I only know the first verse like him. And the crowd starts stomping, and almost drowning out his singing i thought it was the dude's music and then i realized it was just the crowd being pissed off in the rosemont horizon that's a chicago crowd yeah so Corporal christian comes out they have their match and we have a pretty classic match the villains doing what he does until we get a callback to wrestlemania
1: one which i like i love the ending of this match it was it was fun it was real yeah i thought it was real smart
0: i'm a mark for a good callback so unlike when Volkov and the Sheik had won the tag team titles previous year by uh, Blassie giving his cane to Volkoff and Volkoff knocking out one of the U.S. Express, Blassie throws the cane into the ring and it is intercepted by Corporal Krishner, where he proceeds to knock out Volkoff and get the win and therefore wave the red, white, and blue in the ring for a second time. But this time as a victor. And America was saved. <laughs>
1: And the communist threat went away forever. Goodbye, Cold War. (laughs) And the wall came down 20
0: minutes later. You know, if my dad would have told me that, I would have believed him. Because we never got (laughs) to the Cold War part in our history books.
1: We always ran out of time at the end of the school year. Mm. So, so match is over, and it leads me to my favorite line I've ever heard me and Gene say. (laughs) So you've been around enough football players. What do you think about the 20-man Royal Rumble? As he's speaking to Kathy Lee, and she just kind of
0: smiles. Like, well, I think they're going to be good and athletic. He legit- was
1: like, so you've um, been... <laughs> yeah, he put her on blast. There was no way around that. He's it's- probably done with her after that match, to be honest, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, she
0: it's been two matches, and he's been trying to lay up softballs, and now he's probably a little bit angry. Right. like, you can't say anything. You're an actress. Just make something up. So finally, he's gonna call it some reality. So I hear you're like fucking football players. Yeah. Basically. That got her
1: talking. She did. She started talking. <laughs> in. It worked. I'll put you That's on blast. Why he all night. is a professional. He knows all the tricks. <laughs> Me and Gene will find out who you've been banging, and then we're like, so. I hear you've been associated
0: with a football player too, Kathy Lee. Team. And that's what we get to. This is what I thought the main event of Chicago was. And it's one of the matches that sticks out to me most in my mind when I think about this from my, my childhood. Yeah, uh, It's the NFL and WWF in a mixed association battle royal, I guess.
1: See, the way I remember this, too, maybe because it was in Chicago, I thought it was all the Chicago Bears. I thought this was like, you know, basically everybody from that uh, We Are the Bears video performing because they were, the, yeah, they won the Super Bowl that year. Yes, yeah. And they did
0: the Super Bowl Roll shuffle, shovel. which I had completely forgotten about until oh. our minimal research for this show. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we went down that rabbit hole. I did remember Refrigerator Perry being like the biggest name, right, next to the wrestlers
1: in there, right. But really quick, if you've never heard the Super Bowl shuffle, we'll put it. We'll put the, It'll be the on YouTube. Facebook. Yes, because. This is sports meets rap in the best way possible. Yeah. Oh, I was
0: so, so eighties,
1: <laughs> but yeah, you mentioned, uh, uh, the fridge, uh, who gets the biggest pop I have ever heard
0: a non-wrestler get. Yeah. I mean, his, you couldn't tell a difference. So the crowd went on their feet for fridge and then stayed on their feet for Andre. who came out after him as the final person in the match com- coming to the ring in the match. Uh, there there was no difference in the sound like it just stayed yeah. one level of volume so rich perry
1: was extremely popular and i remember him from my childhood i didn't watch a lot of sports uh i had the, the G, there was a gi joe action figure he was uh he was a character on gi joe that's who i knew i think between that and the super bowl shuffle stuff I, I knew who he was plus i think he was like in just a lot of commercials he was kind of like dick buckets like he was just in everything because, he, you know, the Fridge is a fun name to play with, you know. He had, like, this cool size to him. Yeah, he had some charisma, too. Yeah, he had a lot of charisma. A lot of charisma.
0: So we get on to the, the Battle Royal. It's 20 men, I think 10 NFL superstars. 10 versus 10, yeah. 10 versus 10. Uh, people are going out of the ring, left and right. The Killer bees are in there, and nobody cared because I never cared about the Killer bees. Never got them. Jumping Jim Bronzell jumped his ass over that top rope real quick, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Brett the Hitman Hart was in there with Jim the Night Nightheart. The Hart Foundation
1: was represented. They look great. I This is the best I, th- I think I've ever seen Nightheart look. Like, you, he looked mean. He looked great. Yeah, they were still a very,
0: I think they were still relatively new tag team. They had been singles before that hillbilly jim was in there he was a big crowd favorite but he just stood around for the first three or four minutes like if you (laughs) watch this go back and watch it it gets started and everybody kind of just goes into the corners and mass and then hillbilly jim's just kind of leaning up against the top rope in the middle of the ring, just looking around like uh well where should i go and he finally kind of tries to grab somebody and they don't want to play so then he tries to grab somebody else and they don't want to play so he just
1: stands there for a good while as we find out later hillbilly jim is like a doctor smart like he is, he is more intelligent than we give him credit for, because if he just stands there and does nothing, then nothing's being done to him. Good point. Yeah, it's and it is about
0: surviving to the end, so you it want to is? conserve your energy. Bruno San Martino was in there. He lasted towards the end, got thrown out. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. He had a pretty good ovation when he came out, but then when he got thrown out, everybody else was really focused on the fridge. Yeah. Yeah. And the fridge, unfortunately, while he did throw out a few people and the crowd went crazy every time he did. Good lord, this man should have been a pro wrestler.
1: Well, going back to San Martino, like, I don't know why he wasn't wrestling in New York. Like, that, or that just didn't make any sense to me. But like, I get why he was in this match because then he didn't have to work an entire match, but, you know. That's
0: actually a good question. It probably would have been smarter to put him. You probably would have sold more tickets if he was in New York. Yeah, yeah. I know he had matches in Chicago. Shea Stadium. Oh, no, wait. Shea Stadium's in New York. Yeah.
1: Uh, Why did
0: they? Well, maybe he didn't.
1: Uh, Shit. Anyways, we get to to this really cool spot where we finally lose the fridge. Yep. That jerk face, big John Stud, throws him over the top. And then we get one of my favorite WrestleMania moments of all time, especially when I was a kid, because they used to replay this on Saturday. So, uh, Big John Stud throws uh, the fridge over the top. Fridge is standing there, like, I can't believe I got thrown out by one person. And then he, he looks at John and, like, oh man, you know what? Let's be cool. Let's be good sportsmen. Shake my hand. Big, Big- John Studd being the hill. Hey, I threw you out. Yeah, I'm a winner. Oh,
0: you want to be friends now? Well, maybe maybe that's okay. You're not doing anything
1: trickery, are you? you know? No, I'm a good guy. Let's just be buds. Well, that sounds fine. I'll shake your hand. And he gets pulled over the top rope by the
0: fridge. And he cannot believe it. He is so shocked. This is crazy. The oldest trick in the book, and I fell for it. Which was as a kid, that that was great, right? Yep. Watching the villain get love like that. egg on his face, it absolutely. Awesome. Love he did that. a great job of being angry and selling it. Trying yeah. to go after the fridge and fridge slapping the the, the the ring. Big Cat Ernie Ladd, who was a special guest announcer for this, Big John Studd is a veteran. He should have known that was going to happen. He's a fool. He's Big a fool. Trick in the book, <laughs> he's a dumb man right there. That was a fast one. Big Cat right. Ernie Ladd should have been an announcer. Every uh,
1: oh, he was great. He was, he great. was great. I loved his voice. It was great. It was no Kathy Lee Crosby, but no one is. Thank God. Kathy <laughs> Lee might have tried to leave
0: because she wasn't announcing during this match. And maybe after that mean gene line, she just got up yeah. and left. Maybe a football player took him back after she got thrown out. He was like, you, Kathy Lee, come with me. She just said, okay. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Not a doctor. She wasn't at the announce table. That's all I know. Hmm. Uh, it gets down to Heart Foundation and Under the Giant this is like an interesting story from Bret Hart's book where this is his first kind of match with Andre and he, they they had been given a finish and he changed it or he suggested the change to it. And at the time he didn't know, but nobody suggested stuff to Andre. Like you don't change the finish with Andre. It's just whatever he wants to do. Yeah, But he actually liked Bret Hart's idea that, "Mm,
1: that better. We'll Well, do that. Bret Hart had the advantage that he kind of, Andre watched him grow up as a little boy. So he might've got a little more lean way than, you know, most of the other wrestlers.
0: Yeah. If it had been big John studs just in this finish, I've got a mm, thumb up his butt. No, <laughs> no. But so the heart foundation tries to double team Andre. <laughs> they, they backfires. Of course, anvil goes up to the top and then Andre picks Brett up and throws him out all the way down. And, one of my favorite parts is just watching the, like, the size of Anvil's eyes when he knows he has to catch Brett, and he sees how yeah. high up he actually is, and just like, no, 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 no. no, And boom. Andre wins, crowd goes wild. And Anvil is checking to make sure they're still alive on the floor.
1: <laughs> it looked great. It looked great. And, and this was a lot, a lot more, like, a healthier version of Andre than we saw last year, so I like that part of it. You know, he was really moving. Still using the top row for uh, balance every once in a while, but he was moving a lot stronger. Like yeah, and lifting Bert over his head.
0: Yeah, he was like walking out in the middle of the ring and stuff. It was he
1: was more yeah. More, yeah he, was, he
0: might have lost awesome weight or something. He was definitely more. Yeah, he looked good. Yeah. It, oh, well, can I bring up one more person? Sure. Is it okay?
1: Uh, do you mind? You know, we got enough tape. All Let's right. do it. There was one
0: NFL player who I do not know what team he played for because I didn't oh, listen. Oh, yeah. This man, this man's name was Ernie Holmes, and he came out in black tights with a red stripe, which is what Abdul the Butcher used to wear, and he looked just like Abdul the Butcher, a, a doppelganger. If they were in a movie, <laughs> he'd be the stunt double. He didn't last very long, but I just remember watching that, and I looked back, had to do a double take. Uh, Abdullah was in this? No, it was it was Ernie Holmes. Did you look at the top of his head? Was it was all messed up? No, he actually, he didn't have a big scarred up forehead. He wears a helmet. But I just wanted to say that I don't know where he got those tights. or Maybe he was an Abdullah fan. They just looked very, very similar. And I wanted to bring up Abdullah the Butcher because you mentioned him earlier today. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> Abdullah. Speaking of which. Nice, nice. Anywho, Battle Royale is over and I'm thinking we're going to go to L.A. Hmm. But I was uh, happily surprised that we had one more match. And this was a great one. The tag team title match. Main in Chicago. It's the British Bulldogs with Captain Lou Albano and special guest manager Ozzy Osbourne. A young Ozzy Osbourne. He looked good. He looked human. He looked good.
1: He looked like a human being. I forgot he used to look like that. I I always remembered him from, you know, the MTV reality show. <laughs> And just shaking all the time. Yeah. That was rough to watch, man.
0: Sad. I heard he did better after that show. No,
1: he he looks good now. Like he and he can sing again like we can hit his notes like he used to. That I was different. I mean, like I'm an Aussie I was born fan, but
0: I was just happy to see him young and wearing a pink suit yeah WrestleMania. He was hands.
1: great. It was so eighties. And I he loved was it. having
0: a blast. He looked like he was having yeah. a great time.
1: Oh my god. He looked like a like a, a like someone's kid who, who got to come to dad's work for the day and like this is what you do, awesome. It was great, and so they come out the huge
0: crowd favorites and one of the greatest tag teams of all time, straight up. The British oh. Bulldogs, Dynamite Kid, David Boy Smith, Dynamite Kid would be a world champion today, easily. Yeah, uh, and this by far, this match was my favorite. Yep. They are taking on the reigning tag team champions, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Bruce the Barber Beefcake, the Dream Team, with their manager, Luscious Johnny V. Now, a lot of people always say to me, like, well, they didn't really get the Dream Team gimmick. Why the Dream Team? I th- I think it makes perfect sense. Valentine, Beefcake, kind of like a ladies killer, lady killers
1: thing, right? Yeah, but when you look at those dudes, they weren't good-looking dudes. No <laughs> <One> <laughs> So just- I can see, like, oh... I'm sorry, I stepped on you. What were you saying? No, no. I was
0: just saying, <laughs> the Hammer wasn't, you know, he didn't, wasn't the best-looking guy. He was not a good-looking guy. And Beefcake he, we just couldn't talk. And he just went... Mm-hmm. And he just farted
1: from the mouth a lot. But I tell you what, all bits aside, I remember Greg the Hammer being, I don't know, like, I would consider an unhappy dude. He just, like, he, like, what I remember him, like, I don't know, it must have been, like, post-WrestleMania 3 or 4. Like, as a as a wrestler who didn't enjoy his job. <laughs> he just Yeah, he had the E or Yeah. But he looks amazing and he could work. He would, they, they you know what? They both were doing great heel stuff during this whole match. You know, cheating and you know, accusing him of, of you know, the other guys are cheating while they were cheating and oh, It's yeah. really really <laughs> selling The story of you know we're we're gonna cheat where we can so even though you're the better wrestler you better watch out because this can go any way. Yeah, and Greg the Hammer was in there, I would say eighty
0: five percent of the time doing all the work. Yeah, it really reminded me of how good he really was. You know, you hear about how the legend, how he was a legend, and all of this, but again, when
1: we were fans. It was Eeyore Hammer. I'm I gonna fight. Always thought they would do that just because he seemed like a nice guy. Like, oh, he's our buddy, so we'll, you know, we'll sell him. You know, that dude can work. All the like, you know, three out of the four guys in that ring was really hustling.
0: Yeah, you know? the British Bulldogs, of course, were doing things that tag teams do now. Yeah, and they were doing it back then, way before anybody ever thought about things like that like the power slam where davy boy would get the guy on his shoulders dynamite kid would stand on the guy on davy's shoulders and then do a diving headbutt off of that amazing the at the press slam onto the opponent
1: there was just so much going on and and the ending was probably my favorite incredible oh i mean just great ending like out of nowhere logical
0: fantastic so Davy Boy has been getting beat up in the ring, getting double teamed, all kinds of, like, dashly things happening to him. He's starting to make a bit of a comeback, and Dynamite is leaning over the top rope, you know, cheering him on, like he's yeah. propped up over, like, the turnbuckle. Tag me
1: in. Come bro. on, Davey. You can do it.
0: Davy just shoves Hammer as hard as he can towards Dynamite to get him off of him. Hammer's head hits Dynamite square in the head. They, they clash heads. Yeah. Dynamite goes down to the floor, Greg the Hammer stumbles backwards. Davey rolls him up. One, two, three. Beefcake tries to get in the ring to break it up. Trips over his own feet. Can't do it. Poor beefy. Poor beefy. Beefer. Oh. <laughs> we'll get to that. Poor Beefer. <laughs> Poor Beefer. But uh, just a great win. Ozzie comes running in. Everybody rushes the ring. It was great. Even uh, Kathy Lee Crosby jumped in the ring there. She, yeah. she wanted to be associated or aligned with those guys that night. But she can't talk, but she can move. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: now... Why did I call him the beefer, Bob? <laughs> because during the whole match, that's what Grill Monsoon was. Or no, I'm sorry. uh, just, uh Monsoon kept on going. Oh, he needs to get to the beefer. He needs to tag the beefer in. We need to where's see where's the, the beefer. And it also has to do with uh, the the ring. Or sorry, the guest timekeeper. Guest timekeeper being, uh, I think her name was Estelle from, and she was from the Wendy's. Wendy's. Yeah. yeah. So she so was the where's the beef. Where's lady. the beef? Uh, poor woman though I was, there was a mic malfunction so when she was introduced she went to do, go do her line which probably would have got a big pop but all we heard was silence So, and just to give you some context that catchphrase
0: was so popular so that popular. a presidential candidate used it as his slogan well she's no herb
1: <laughs> whatever <Yeah>. that is
0: <laughs> yeah herb
1: uh, yeah,
0: that... but now I'm wondering like, if we go to LA is Ronald McDonald himself going to be there is he going to be the special
1: guest, guest timekeeper at the cage match between Bundy and Hogan? Yeah, and Honey, Hogan and Bundy are going to box, and Grimace is going to be <laughs> <the> Grim- <laughs> him and the Fry guys are going to be guest judges, and it's going to be wild. I be, I kind of think the Grimace costume
0: was based off Bundy. He did. He could have been like the original I, model. I think
1: we call them albino Grimace. Albino Grimace and yeah. purple Grimace take on Hulk Hogan uh, in a
0: steel cage. albino grimace
1: you just made my favorite childhood match happen in my mind (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like you know like when you're a kid and you just grab some like a bunch of your toys then not all from the same brand and like you make them fight and they're not they're mismatched so like if you had your he-man guy and your wrestling figure who is like you know three feet long taller because not (laughs) because <laughs> right. they can't be.
0: Different industries. But, I mean, different instru- yeah. But yes, Grimace and Bundy would be a hell of a fight. I'd watch that one. All day. And if they tag-teamed, they'd be unstoppable. within natural disasters. And they'd have lots of free french fries. They could throw out french fries like the New Day throws out pancakes. Be a crowd favorite. <laughs> Boiling hot french fries just burning children's Alex, hands. are you
1: hungry? <laughs> That's you, what I'm getting from you right now. I, I could be. I could be. <laughs>
0: Uh, so that, let's go to L.A. Let's go to L.A. Yeah, let's just do How's L.A. Yeah, We go to L.A., Jesse Boddy's there, and there's two big surprises in L.A. right off the bat, and they are both Elvira. Yeah, uh, she got me through my childhood.
2: <laughs> Made
0: me a fan of horror. Steamboat versus Hercules is our first match before we get too far down right, the rabbit hole right. there. Before we digress much more like we have all episode. Steamboat versus Hercules, Hercules Hernandez at the time, not just the uh,
1: the Greek god character, right? Uh, great match. I mean, it's a steamboat match. It's, of course, it's great. Uh, I wish Hercules could have kept up with him. There, there was a lot of spots you can see, like you see Ricky like waiting for the move to happen to sell it or, or helping him out. Yeah, uh, it was the first match at this location, but it's almost one of the last matches of the night. So this is the big problem. We talked about this off air, uh, watching this whole thing was rough because it kept on resetting. Even talking yeah, about yeah. it. Doing this podcast episode. I, I feel like this epi-
0: this episode of this podcast is going to be a little rough because it's almost like a reset every time. We could almost make three mini episodes for this show. It's difficult because it's, it goes from a main event high-profile match back to an opener.
1: Yeah, yeah. You have something as amazing as a British Bulldog match, and you go into this, uh it's, it's kind of... It's a rough watch. It is a, it is a rough watch. Uh, unless you're doing it from, you know, your nostalgic glasses, I guess. Uh,
0: nostalgic glasses, man. Like they, 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 keep, they keep it going. you got to have a good wrestling buddy to watch it with, because if I don't... I, if, I've you tried can't. watching it by myself, and I can't do it.
1: can watch it by yourself.
0: Watch it with somebody and have a good chat during it. You'll you'll be all right. The next match was one I would watch again, and I can watch again, because it has adorable Adrian Adonis. And I've heard so many good things by, from other wrestlers on other podcasts about how great this guy was. And watching this match, man, he really was good. He was yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah. Even though not my favorite thing doing the oversell, like I, I like I like Sami Zayn, but there was a time when he when he first turned heel, like he would be almost cartoonish with the way he sells stuff, and even Ric Flair does this every once in a while, where you pointed out where the oh where he gets thrown into the the turnbuckle and he flips over and stuff like that. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. that's just obviously a physics of the ring kind of thing, and I think
0: oh that's a that's a physics of the ring. I mean, like yeah, I mean no one is gonna willingly like flip ass over tea kettle into a turnbuckle just by getting thrown by somebody. In fact, I'm I'm getting uh, I'm getting Professor RJ turnbuckle. Yeah. Professor, uh, Professor uh, can you? Hello. Hello. Are thank, you called? Yes, Professor. Thank uh, you. I, for I joining took the zipline here. Thank you very
1: much. I, I really appreciate you coming I mean, uh, at a whim You Alex, anytime you need me. I I would I would love to be on your podcast. Please ask me anything. So Bob has
0: a question about when a man is thrown mm-hmm. into the turnbuckle, he yes. sometimes will flip upside down and hit the turnbuckle, oh, uh, feet up, head down. The and then the, maybe the go jumping
1: bean theory. Mm-hmm. See, uh, when someone is a heel, they're even they're they're, they're evil. It, it weighs them down. They, their ego weighs them down, and, and their 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 center of mass is is lower than most people's. So when you when you create enough momentum, the, the fulcrum being the corner would well, would flip them harder than a normal sized man. Ah, I so see. the, the I worse, see. the worse the heel, the more the flip. I see. So that's why heels will always go over the top rope. Over the top rope, back down, and roll off the side. Because yeah. like the term heel actually comes
0: from their center of
1: gravity being in the heel. I don't know foot. why you even called me here. You, obviously, you knew the answer. Yes, Alex. Yeah. Well, I've read all your books. I've read all your books. <laughs> I I, mean, I just want to thank you so much. Wrestling with physics? Yes, of course, of course. Okay, on Amazon. <laughs>
0: It was the it was the best three dollar book I've bought.
1: All right, I'm gonna shoot myself out of this cannon now. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> what a did great I man. miss him again?
0: You did. You got it. Why over. does it
1: smell like smoke in here? It's, that's disgusting.
0: It's that uh, tiny cannon. Oh. It don't.
1: It folds up. It's in my
0: case now. Don't worry about it. All right. It's my personal cannon. I prefer you not bring it up anymore. Okay. okay. Uh, so adorable, Adrian the to... bumping all over the ring. Made Uncle Elmer look good shocking like, yeah. this guy was yeah. all over the place it was so much fun to watch like, i want to watch more adrian adonis matches i encourage everybody to go back and watch more adrian adonis matches this guy
1: really was i would like, like one, yeah. i'd be definitely interested like, in this era like that especially like, if i can find like one him versus rick flair i'd be really interested to see what that or even God, ricky steamboat that'd be interesting Dusty
0: Rhodes versus adrian adonis oh amazing.
1: now you're speaking my language all right, Speaking cool. of
0: Dusty roads, Texas,
1: straight up Texas and mm-hmm. Southern
0: wrestling talking about now, baby. We're going to get on to the <laughs> funks here. Oh, we're going go to go Tara and Hoss Funk, if you will, with Jimmy Hart in the corner. And they're going to take on Tito Santana and, as we learned in WrestleMania 1, his best friend forever, the Junkyard Dog.
1: I love this match. It was good. It, I mean, the way the funks were, were selling everything the Junkyard Dog did, it was basically his match. And the funks were awesome. Uh, I, I I've always been a big Terry Funk. I don't think I got to see too much Haas growing up. But I really like during the like the Attitude Era, there was a lot of Terry stuff going on. And he was just as crazy then in the Attitude Era as he
0: is in this match. He's I, throwing chairs and doing his. He yeah. Had, he had. I know he added moves and more dramatic stuff. I guess as far as violence, hardcore things, but he was really kind of the same character.
1: Well, well, we were lucky enough, uh, this was the weekend we we had the Detroit Improv Festival, and there was a group there called the Flying Chucks, mm-hmm. uh, and there was a couple of pro wrestlers that performed within the group, and I'm not going to throw either one of them out of the, the, under the bus and tell you who told me this, but I asked him, because I was very curious about the coup de gras, like how do you take a bump like that, and does it hurt, and he's like, everything hurts, everything hurts, it's just part of the job. And it was a very satisfying answer, but it also bummed me out. Like, oh, man, guys. Uh, And I would imagine in this era, it was maybe even a little bit more because the way everything was set up, it wasn't set up. Nothing was gimmicked, you know? Like, there was no padding outside or... Breakaway tables. Breakaway tables. Like, they just had regular folding chairs that they probably got from the second row if, if someone didn't buy a ticket for it.
0: And the ring was notoriously hard at this time in the WWF until Vince got in the, the ring, ring himself and yes. was like, oh, God damn it, that's, that's a, a hard, hard ring. Yeah. Oh, I gotta make that softer. <laughs> yeah. So the Funks do a great job, but they uh, are defeated. No, wait, actually, no, they won. The Funks did they, win. They, they I'm sorry, win. the Funks yes. won. They beat Santana and JYD, and then I believe the best friendship forever relationship was over from that point on. It's a sad
1: thing because Tito and JYD were great. They need each other. They were great, great buddies. They would never let someone get cheated. But then, then again, I, I would rather just watch a, a Junkyard Dog match. He's great. He can do his own thing. That's true. Tito Santana
0: is a great wrestler. But
1: however, yeah. however, J.Y.D., as far as charisma and stuff, just... Yeah. I mean, shadowed. the compared to two isn't fair because, yeah, J.Y.D. is just so impressive. Yeah. Watch him with no sound
0: and sound. I mean, we'll see different, be different fans. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Then we're finally here. Finally, after three restarts and Bob and I stumbling and digressing all over the place, we are at the main event, the big blue steel cage match between Hulk Hogan, the WWF champion of the world, and King Kong Bundy, the albino grimace, with his manager, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Classic match. I remember
1: how impressed I was by the blue steel
0: this this cage this cage was actually made for this match. Yeah, it was the yeah. first time. This is the debut of the big blue steel cage, which lasted all the way into the late nineties.
1: I remember when I was a kid, I I had I had the uh, the wrestling ring, like the, the the oh was it the, the old school one. No, I know what you're talking about because I had it. I pulled it out of my closet this past weekend when I was cleaning up my childhood at home. Yeah, uh, and then they made the second version that had the the blue the you know the the blue steel ring attachments and. I was allowed to get two rings.
0: Yeah, I didn't have the ring, uh, the the cage match, or the cage match version either. Without the clip-on, yeah, they should have sold that separately.
1: So, going back to my childhood, a only had one wrestling ring. B watched a fuck ton of Highway to Heaven.
0: <laughs> <laughs> one thing is not that bad. One thing is kind of bad. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry for you, Bob. I'm glad a. we're friends now. I hope you can, hope I can work with you to get through this. Hulk Hogan and King Kong Bundy, however, had a great working match and working relationship. King Kong Bundy right. had put Hogan out with some devastating sneak attacks earlier in the year with the help of Don Morocco. Hogan had broken ribs, so he was taped up. They did They did show some background story going into the match, which yes. was great.
1: Yeah, uh, There was an interview with uh, Mean Gene and watching and we got to see uh, behind the curtain, if you will, and how the Hawks here got to... Rehab his body. Because
0: you know? we weren't sure he was gonna make it to WrestleMania.
1: Yeah, no. Keep no. he, he he took like uh the Saturday main event, he took like four avalanches, more than anybody's ever took in their life. hmm
0: Um and, yeah, and his ribs were busted open. He ever knew he was hurting. He was so in the hospital, people wrote Alex, letters.
1: I, I know you're not a professional wrestler. Yep. I you know, I know you love the sport, begin you know, to participate in it. Mm-hmm. Um imagine you're Hulk Hogan now, you, your ribs are busted, you're Oh, you got a You got a main event with a monster coming up. What yes. would you do to, to you know, train and to take care of yourself and get yourself ready and and to the closest to a hundred percent as you could possibly get? Deadlifts. Yeah. Deadlifts
0: all day, and weighted pull-ups. Um, and if you had to pick a trainer. Hmm grassroots kind of guy hillbilly gym
1: yeah yeah you you know I, you need a doctor and a hillbilly i go rocky four on it you know go right. out to a barn and start yeah. chopping wood and then uh, just do deadlifts just deadlifts. this promo is so ridiculous uh me and jeans talking to him you know oh Chris, how are you feeling and the whole time uh his trainer slash doctor is poking at his back and then,
0: Hillbilly Jim's just bobbing his head up and down, watching and, Hulkster do the dead fact lifts. that
1: the doctor was referring to Hillbilly Jim like, "You feel this? <laughs> oh yeah, I feel this."
0: <laughs> well, I think it was common knowledge that Hillbilly Jim had worked on the farm and touched many cows and things. Like felt the cows. They, oh, they're going to have. They're going to have a calf. <laughs> right. Have them ribs. He, he knows. He, he knows what rib is. I'm pretty sure he knows we get some ribs.
1: <laughs> yeah and then uh the (laughs) yeah yeah, the
0: doctor concurring with hillbilly jim who was already been portrayed earlier that year when he was introduced as just like a backwoods like didn't know what shoes were dude and he's now he's working with hogan's preferred doctor he was like
1: uh jethro on steroids basically
0: and he's so what do you think about this hillbilly oh he looks good yeah yeah (laughs) well if you think it looks good then i think it looks good
1: (laughs) Do you concur, Hillbilly Jim? I concur. I concur. I, I do. <laughs> just, I, I can't read, but I can chiropractor real good. <laughs> I, I
0: say I say I cur what you cur.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So Hogan has deadlifted his way back into shape, and he hits the ring. Crowd's going wild. Bundy mania is possibly on the horizon, according to Bobby Heenan, who did a great job this entire match. Oh, my God. Just climbing the cage on the outside, screaming, yelling, throwing stuff. He was just, he
1: was Bobby Heenan, and that's all you can say. There's nothing See, like him. And that's something we don't do enough in the current product. You know, you have a guy like Bundy who has a good look, but maybe not the acting chops because, if, like, he doesn't show emotion or anything. And maybe that's part of the character, but, you know, having Bobby out there to amplify everything that's happening in the ring really helps him out. It's a, it's a really supportive move.
0: Yeah. I think it, I really think it is. It just, it does, it heightens the drama. I really
1: miss having managers and, and stables. You know, like we have all these too. incredible, uh, wrestlers from different countries, you know, who, who, you know, maybe not have the best grasp on the English language. And that's fine because I, that's the only language I know. So I can't really, really fault someone for not being bilingual. Uh, but they, they have a hard time cutting promos. Um, I mean, I know.
0: I speak Japanese. I would be more than happy to manage Shinsuke Nakamura and Asuka. And- yeah. Yeah. Like, thank God for Paige. You know, that, that, that's I think that's a brilliant move. Yeah, it is. Because I think today, in today's age, because they do so much reality-based stuff, there's this issue with people know that a lot of times the bad guy kind of directs a match. Uh, not all the time, but a lot of times. And they, they kind of respect that. The hardcore fans respect it, so they find the heels entertaining now if it was a manager especially and like not Paul Hammond because he's been around and done so much yes. but if it was a manager who did not wrestle at all people could really hate that person just talking trash not
1: backing anything up in the ring whatsoever and I thought they were going to do that with Leo but I don't think he was that great at talking trash but he was a, yeah, and he was like a wrestler in
0: NXT or yeah. 205 and then they put him back in the ring so you can't you can't yeah. take off your shirt as a manager and be jacked. Yes. Bobby Heenan was not jacked. He was going to get his no, ass whooped. Yes. Jimmy Hart going to get his ass whooped. Slitch going to get his ass whooped. But they just had to Very get your hands point. on him, right? And I think if you do that and they don't back it up, they can't do anything impressive in the ring, then you got a real possible heater. But that's just me looking from a couch. So. Just a fan. Just and a fan. I am a fan of this match, though. Right. Big Blue Steel Cage, Bundy got color, and I did not remember that.
1: Oh, I, I, well, I've seen a lot of clips where that you can see where he tried to do it a couple times, and, and it gets to the point where like Heenan kind of had to help him out. Like Heenan's great. Like another great thing about Heenan, like when things need to be done, he could figure out a way to do it so it looked like it was part of the match or or something planned. But you know, between the two of them, they 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 finally got color. Um, there's also some great points. Like he was, you know, he was a great heel. Like uh, using the the wraps around Hogan to choke out Hogan. Oh yeah, like, I don't remember. Like he was violent. Yeah, Bundy did a great job. And then
0: when it t- when it came time for him to start bumping or getting, when H- Hogan started making his big, ho- he started hulking up. Mm-hmm. And you know, Bundy was all over the place. He got thrown into the cage, like over the top rope several times. Uh, this is after he's already bleeding. He bled for a long
1: time. He bled. Yeah, it, that that was surprising because he, he got open. And you know, it wasn't at the beginning of the match. It, it was There's a couple of halfway good beats. At,
0: Halfway at the latest. Yeah.
1: But I, with the timing, I thought, like, oh, I, this is going to be over quick. And they kept on going. And then Hogan eventually is able to escape
0: at, over the top as Bundy's crawling for the door. Yes. Uh, oh, oh, don't forget the door when they were, Bundy would be crawling out. Bobby would be grabbing Bundy's arm and like pulling, and Hogan would Hogan. be pulling. Yes. They were trying to tug of war with Bundy. Uh, it, was, it was just great. It classic looked wonderful. Stuff.
1: Uh wonderful. But my favorite part the, the match is great. Hogan gets to win, but after the match, that's when the magic happens. So Bundy finally gets out. He kind of rolls out of the ring. He's he's wounded, so he's taking care of that. He's like sitting on the side. Uh, Hogan points at at Bobby the Brain, and you get that you know that that wave of his hand in front. Of him. Like, oh, don't hit me. You don't hit me. You know. Especially they, they put on a pair of glasses and put them on. Right. Uh, Hogan starts chasing Bobby around the ring. They do a full lap. Bobby runs up the stairs. Gets into the ring, Hogan joins him. So closes the door behind him. Closes so the door behind him. That's important. Uh, he he grabs him, and it looked like he was gonna like do a slam or something. And you, you can almost see Bobby direct him like, "No, throw me into the wall first. Like you, you like tell him like, "This ain't enough." Yeah. So Hogan does it, and Bobby takes his bump. Holy crap! He almost gets completely vertical. Hits the wall, falls back down. Hogan then slams him. And he's like, "Yeah, this was the time to do it, buddy." Uh, and then I guess this is a physics thing. Uh, he gets thrown into the corner, flips, you know, flips over. Yeah.
0: Well, well, if you'd have been here for the conversation, if you're a bad guy in the ring, like you're called a heel because your center of gravity is actually in the heel of your foot. Okay. And when you're thrown like that, as we've already discussed, like the gravity in the ring is different. So when you're moving that much and you're not the the force behind you is not evenly balanced yeah. it's easy for your weight to overtake you
1: wow mine is blown uh know, and man, so was is bobby because he falls through the ropes down the stairs and rolls it looks fantastic
0: it was like a 12 foot long bump yeah
1: yeah it, and it but it looked it looked so clean
0: it was great no it was but only bobby heenan can do it and only he did and i that i, I, I don't want to say he got injured in this, but I thought there was – I know he had a neck injury at some point. Too.
1: Oh, I, I I don't think he – I think he – didn't actually hurt his neck, but I think that was part of the story going into okay. the next couple of weeks.
0: That's right, because that's when he came up with like the big neck brace on, yeah, for, like, like months. oversized. Oh, that was great.
1: Yeah, he went to the same doctor as uh, uh, Billy or Bob Orton. Uh, yeah. yeah, he had
0: like the foam neck brace for like, months. Uh, Let's on call him Billy Bob brace. Orton. I don't know
1: who that is. Billy
0: Bob Orton. <laughs> Billy Bob Orton. <laughs> that's, gonna my, that's gonna be my screen name if I ever get in the movie. <laughs> Billy Bob Orton.
1: And you and Billy Bob Thornton could do a show together. <laughs> so, <laughs> and end no of the show.
0: I, no, no one could understand either one of us if we did.
1: And, you know, end of, the, end of the event. And that's it. Just face the black. <laughs> it does. It kind of <laughs> just. Very luck, You know, lackluster. Lackluster.
0: And we're not going to end this show that way, though. No, my no, God. no, no, no. And I'm not going out like that. This has been a bit of a challenge, so we appreciate you guys taking with us yeah, because for- WrestleMania 2 was a bit of a challenge. It was testing your limits, testing your boundaries, just like yeah. we are with this show. And we want to hear your feedback. We want you guys to email us, send us messages on Facebook like you have already. Thank you guys for all your messages so far. We're going to take everything you have into consideration. We're going to add some things to the formats. We're going to try some
1: new things. We've got some bonus episodes coming up for you real soon. Uh, so to, to make our lives a little bit easier, uh, we're gonna do a WrestleMania and then a bonus episode. WrestleMania and then a bonus episode. So you're gonna get a WrestleMania review every other week, starting next week, um, and then and, and then the in between weeks, because we don't want to lose ya. you, know, we want to so still keep in touch. You know, we're friends here. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna do some bonus uh, bonus episodes, and we want to hear your thoughts. We want to do like maybe maybe top five lists. Next week,
0: yeah, I think I think next week we're going to try some top fives. Let's say top five. We'll do we'll, we'll put a poll up on Facebook. How about that? Oh, want. I
1: like that. Yeah, we're going to do a top five list. So hit up our Facebook at uh, WrestleMania Pod and uh, see what's going on. Yep. Or shoot us an email if you have a great idea for a top
0: five list or a new or a bonus episode content. Shoot us an email at Wrestlemaniaxpodcastgmail.com or get us on Facebook. Or if you know us personally, give us a call. We're always here. We're always yeah. willing to listen.
1: Guys, and, it takes a village to build a podcast. Let's do this.
0: Yeah, this is the wrestling community by God, and we're all in it together. <laughs>
1: Everybody else is
0: not with us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Damn, that's wrong words, man.
0: <laughs> all right. Thank you guys once again for listening, downloading, and supporting us. Thank you for all your messages. And please feel free to shoot up, hit us up with some feedback. One more time, my name is Alex Ketchum. And I'm Bob Wick. And we will be going for the leg. Until next time. Hold up now before you go. We here at the WrestleManiacs Podcast want to thank you for listening. We want you to know that this is a podcast by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. So we want to hear your feedback. We want to hear your stories, your comments, your questions. So we can make this podcast as good as possible. Now, in order to get in touch with us, you can hit us up on Facebook at WrestleManiacs Podcast on Facebook or you can email us at WrestleManiacsPod at gmail.com or on Instagram at WrestleManiacsPod. Thank you for tuning in, and we want to also thank Gabber Media. You can check out all their other great shows or however you get your podcast or at GabberMedia.com. See you guys next time.